0: Today on It's Time. When God speaks to us, He speaks to us through His Word. He confirms what He's put in our heart. I hear the calling. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler. Pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going first by first through the book of Galatians. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Is saying that they glorify God in me because they saw the change that came with it. You know, it's funny. I've talked to people that accept Christ and they go, Well, I don't notice a lot of difference. Maybe you don't, but I guarantee you one thing the people around you see it. They do. They notice the change that has happened in your life. It's the way God works. Though you may not always notice it. In fact, the old saying goes, the gifts of God, the Holy Spirit gifts that are in you are more evident to others than they are to you. You know, we don't even, because why? We live in it. We live in the gifts of God. We live in the salvation of God. We live because it's part of our life. People around us, and especially those that aren't of faith, they look and go, whoa, this person's really different. I remember what they used to be like. I remember when we used to do whatever we wanted to do, no one cared. Now this person, because they're different, there's a different standard now in the room when they walk in. Well, that's the way God works. So then he says, after three years, I went into Arabia, I was taught by God these things, and what was he teaching them? Nothing new that's not in the gospel already. There's no new thing in the Bible. The Bible is consistent all the way through. What God taught him was it's not by works, lest any man would boast. It is by the grace of God that makes us holy. Isn't that good to know? That you don't got to go out and oint it to be good. You're good in, in Jesus. See, we, we, th- that's what makes us good. See, this is the problem. People have asked, why are the Jewish people blind Why do we find all these words in the Bible about the rebellion to God continually? They believed that their spirituality was inherited from Abraham. And because they kept certain laws, that made them something, and pride then reigned supreme. The Bible says pride is at the root of every sin. And so when we realize that when pride takes over a person's life, it blinds us to reality. I've shared this before, but I got a call a number of years ago, and the the, the uh, doctor called me up and said, this man's only got a couple hours to live, and uh, you might want to go in and give him last rites or whatever thing you do. Eeny, bitty, jilly, bitty. I mean, he didn't know what I was going to do. So I go in the room, and I see all these tubes and and wires, and boop, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm going, I, I He had so many tubes in him, I got to tell you, I got queasy. You know, they have tubes in their nose, and never mind. But it, it, it's weird. And I'm there, and so I just began to share with him the best I could. I said, brother, you're getting ready to go on a journey. Are you ready to go? I'm getting out of here in a few days and I'm going to go start a family again. He went on and on. I go, no, you're dying. you got a few hours left. What is your relationship with Christ? And because he was so convinced that I'm going to still call the shots in my life. I'm going to get out of this bed in a few days and I'm going to go out and live life the way I've always lived it. I don't want to hear what you have to say. And I, it broke my heart. I'm going, you don't see the reality because you still think pride is saying, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Well, the truth is, a few hours later, he was gone. And I always think about that, and those kind of things really trouble me because I see what pride does. That's why the Bible says God will lift up the humble, but he resists the proud. Why is that? Because when we say, God, help, I don't have the answers. And that's probably one of the greatest sinner's prayers that you can pray. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's when God says, now we can do something. See, what lights your fire? What gives you directive in your life? All these different things. Well, Pride will blind you to the fact. So, Paul, being taught of the Holy Spirit, goes out and God shows him it's by grace we're saved. Not by works, lest any man would boast. Not by works, lest we would be prideful and say, look how good I am. I'm better than you. And as long as I'm better than you, I'm cool. Well, that's not the standard. You can be better than everybody else, but how do I stack up to Jesus? That goes back to that whole thing of the heart. Well, he says, after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem. This is the second time. First time he waited three years. Second time he waited 14 years to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me. Titus is a neat guy. He was a Gentile that had gotten saved. And I went up by revelation. In other words, God told me to go. Now, friends, this is important. God sometimes tells us to do things. And people say, well, God didn't tell me. What did he do? Call you on the cell phone? How did he tell you? Well, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, you need to be real careful. When somebody said, God told me to tell you, uh, because basically they're saying you're so inept that that uh, unless you're talking to an un- un- unsaved person, <laughs> then it's probably true. But if, if, if you go up to another Christian and say, God told me to tell you, probably there might be something a lot wrong with that. You know, God told me to tell you you're supposed to marry me. Well, that's a real problem, because God's going to tell you that before he tells them that, okay? The second thing we want to remember is that when god speaks to us he speaks to us through his word he confirms what he's put in our heart again that's why it's important to read your bible because you'll know what god is confirming to you or bringing a check mark in your soul now how do we know god's will for our life this is a big question everybody's always wanted to know three things ask jesus said seek and knock. And the words in the Greek are repetitive. Ask, keep on asking, seek, and keep on seeking, knock, and keep on knocking, and it will be open unto you. Now, why is that important? Because there's a lot of opportunities every day for all of us as Christians. So how do I know which path to go down? Should I go to this college? Should I go to that college? Should I buy this car? Should I not buy this car? God, what do you want me to do? And do you realize, and we realize, one of the questions this week on Every Man and Answer was, uh, how do I know God's leading because the consequences of making the wrong decision are so serious? Well, first of all, that's wisdom to realize the decisions we make have a direct impact on our life and can for a long time. So when we pray, we say, okay, God, how does God do that? Well, God, should I buy this house? Should I buy this car? Should I marry this person? Should I go here? Should I go there? Well, has God provided the means for you to go there? Well, yeah, somebody came up and gave me a ticket to, to a round-trip ticket to go. Well, that looks pretty good. Uh, do you have the means by which to go? Do you have the resources to go? Well, no, I'd probably have to do it all on my credit card. Well then maybe God's telling you not to go. You, you see, there's things that God does to bring checks into our life. When God turns the light green, friends, it's green. And I love that about God. And that's why you have a heavenly father that watches over you, his child, to know what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. Now, again, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. It'll be open unto you. You might find the bank calls you up and says, yes, your loan for that car has been approved. And you go, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you go down there, and I've shared this many times, this has happened to me. The guy goes, you know, it's a funny thing. I've had that car for sale for two years. No one wanted it. And somebody just came and bought it an hour ago. And now you're wanting it too. And I walked away, and I was mad. I was going, I wanted that. I wanted that. And God says, well, you prayed. And I said, no. It's like God says, do you know how hard it is to find somebody that wanted to buy a 52 MG? You know, and just sends them to their door. That's the way God works. Another time, God may do something. God may say, and this has happened to me, so I know this happens. And I, I remember distinctly. I was going to buy a tractor, and um, I prayed. I had the money, went there. The vehicle was uh, the tractor was still for sale, and I started putting, counting out the the money on the table in hundred dollar bills, and I got down to about the last two one hundred dollar bills in my hand, and I picked up the money off the table and I said, I've changed my mind. I'm sorry. Bye. God just changed our heart. God does that with us. Sometimes he just changes our heart. Sometimes he blocks us because we can't get the loan or we can't get the airplane ticket. It's like the old story about the guy that missed his plane. He was all mad only to find out the plane crashed. So never, never try to out-guess God. Just say, okay, God, it's by revelation. You're divine speaking to me. This is what happened to Paul. I went up by revelation not the, and, and communicated with them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. Now, now, again, what was the gospel among the Gentiles? By faith, you're saved. Not by our works, but by faith, you're saved. Now again, friends, that's so important. Jesus looked at the thief on the cross. People say, well, Paul modified the gospel and he got into not having to keep the mosaic law, hold it. Jesus did that, not Paul. On the cross, remember, he was crucified between the thieves. The one thief says, if you're God, save yourself and us too. The other one says, don't you fear God? We deserve to be up here. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he looks over at Jesus and says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, Jesus didn't stop and say, before I take you to paradise, you gotta keep the mosaic law. Now, let me ask you, have you ate pork in the last two months? Have you been keeping the Sabbath? Good. Evidently not, they're thieves, okay? They don't care. You know, we're, we're just, we're, we're, and by the way, what's so weird You know, people say, uh, you know, the whole American justice system is... Remember, they weren't murderers. They were thieves. They weren't robbers. Robbers in the Bible usually speak of beating somebody up to take what they have. That's what a robber is. A thief is sneaky. They come and they take what you got when you're not looking. That's what a thief is. Jesus was not... Crucified between the robbers, the Bible says. He was crucified between the thieves. In other words, you could be executed for stealing something. Now, I know that sounds incredible today. Because you can murder people and and nothing happens to you. So when we look at this, we realize Jesus didn't say, Now, have you been keeping the Mosaic Law? Well, I see those spikes in your hands. I guess you're not. No, he didn't say that. He just looked at him and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. What is that? That's grace. God just says, you know what? You're dying. What you need is life. I've got that. I'll see you in heaven. I like that. See, that's good news. That's what the gospel is. It isn't our performance that allows us to go to heaven. It's God's goodness. People say, well, then, Mike, are you saying that now that we're saved, we can go out and live like the devil? No. Why is that? The Bible tells us we're his kids. And one of the things the Holy Spirit does when he comes inside of us, moves us from death unto life, opens our eyes to who we are, who he is, and what the world's about, and the ensnarements of it. Always remember this. Sin never does you or me any good. Oh, the devil can candy coat it and make it look good but the problem is, we don't see the hook in the sin. The Bible tells us there's a hook. Sometimes the effects are immediate. Sometimes the effects are over a period of your life. But know this, when we sin, we hurt ourselves. But I, I went out and sinned and it felt good. What did you damage, though? See, here's the thing. God knows more about you and me than I know about me or the American Medical Association because God says you're a triune being. You're a body, a mind, and a spirit. And as a born-again Christian, even though I'm born again, we all are tempted to do bad things. So how do I want to look at the sin offer that the devil will present us as Christians? How do I want to look at that? I want to look at it Through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, through God's Word, because it tells us everything. Now, if I look at the opportunity as a Christian through the eyes of my... Well, what do you think I ought to do, bus friend? What do you think I ought to do, um, Ouija board? What do you think I ought to... Well, the thing is, they're not going to tell you the truth. But God will always tell us the truth. And God says, though you may not see the hook that which will destroy you in this candy-coated package of the ideal sin. Believe me, there's a hook in it. You see, we begin to see life through God's eyes. It's the gospel, not according to works, but according to grace. God gives us his salvation. That is not a license to go out and sin, But what it is, is it's God's opening our eyes to the reality of things. It's not by works, lest any man would boast, the Bible says. But it's by a divine gift that God just says, I want to take you to heaven. Now, you know, it's interesting. The Bible says God singled out Abraham, the first Jew. He said, of you, I'm going to make a great nation. By the way, God will say that to anyone that will follow him. God will look at you and says, "Of you, I'm going to make a great nation." Why is that? Because through your testimony, through your life, people will come into the kingdom of God. But we don't find anything in the Bible where Abraham did something really good. God says, "Oh, you're my boy! <laughs> you did it! You waxed that dog great! I'm going to put you in number one." It doesn't say that. All it says is that God singled him out instead of I'm going to make a great nation. And the Bible says in the, in the champions of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, he's listed in the champions of faith. Why? Because he believed God. There is no deed that Abraham did to attract the attention of God. He just God's grace. Same for us. God looks at you and me and says, of you, I'm going to do something great in your life. It's God's grace. He just gives it to us. Now, that doesn't mean, again, that I just say, hey, God, thanks, and I'm going to go out and do what I want to do. Because God says, you're my child. Now, know this. The things of the world will hurt you. You may not always see it. You stay in faith. You read my Bible. That invisible Holy Spirit inside of you will guide you. So that you will shine forever. The Bible tells us here that there was the Judaizers that came in. And he said, but privately to those who are of reputation. Those were the people who believed there was a lot of Jewish people who had converted to Christ, but held on that you've got to keep the law. Those are the ones of reputation. And he went to them privately. Um, and he explains to them, saying, I, I, I want to share this with you. I want to run, but not in vain. Not that he was going to lose his relationship with God, but that, that his time would be spent with those who are holding on to these things. Something I'm going to do is going to make me righteous. God just says, you're righteous in me today. Isn't that nice to know that when you walk out of here, if you're a Christian, you're as holy as you get. Didn't have to stop eating bacon. Didn't have to start worshiping on Tuesday. Didn't have to join anything. Didn't have to sign a pledge card. Didn't have to jump through a hula hoop. All God says to you is you're as holy as you get. Why? Because we're in him. We're clothed in his righteousness. And this morning, either you are or you're not. Now, either you've asked to be forgiven or you haven't. If you haven't, today's your day. Today is a pointed day of salvation. Never put off tomorrow what you can do today when it concerns God. Why? Because God builds on what we did yesterday on top. And that's the way God works. God doesn't have favorites. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. That's all God asks. So, this morning, and we're going to stop here. Um, and we'll pick this up next week. Because he goes on and he talks about this idea of favoritism and how God doesn't look at one person greater than another. We're all saved the same way. Friends, that's good news. This morning, if you're not a Christian, I want to, first of all, invite you to be one. Why? Because if you're not, you're going to get more of what you've had. Do you want another 10, 20, 30 years like you've just had? Or do you want a new start? Well, you can have that. The second thing is the purpose you're living your life. Are you living it for yourself? That at the end of your life, yeah, you might have had some good times or whatever, but nothing in eternity. Nothing that, that brought anybody closer to the kingdom of God. See, that's why we're here. God's left us here. After we accept Christ as our Savior, we don't just immediately go to heaven. I mean, that'd be nice, but... But the thing is, he's left us here to be an impact, to be salt, to be light. I just want to invite you this morning. Consider your life. Consider your relationship with God this morning. And am I living for the king or am I living for myself? Now, you can live for yourself, but at the end of your life, you'll find nothing. You will be bankrupt. When you live for Christ, the Bible says you'll be rewarded eternally. Everybody's living for something. What are you living for? Jesus said, I come that they may have life and that more abundantly. We need life. We need a reason to live. You know, there's three things we all need. A self we can live with, a reason to live for, and a faith to live by. A self you can live with, a lot of people don't like themselves. Because they know what they are. Good news, you can get a new identity today. You need a reason to live for. What lights your fire? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? That's the reason you live for. And the third, you need a faith you can live by. What's the faith? Well, the faith is I got a God that's under control, that's got me under control. He's got it all under control. All I need to do is be found in Him. Holy Spirit inside of me because I've asked Him to be there will guide us. Can't miss with that. This morning, if you've never prayed and asked Christ into your life, I want to invite you to pray today and to repent from living your life your selfish way and say, from now on, God, I'm going to live for you. And the Bible says he will pour out on you a blessing you can't contain. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And that we don't generate righteousness in ourselves, but righteousness comes as a gift from God to us. That's why the Bible all the way through, whether you look at the book of Galatians or the book of Colossians, he'll say grace and peace to you. Why is that? The grace of God. God made us something. I love that. It isn't anything I did, something he did for me. If you need to pray this morning, get right with God, just pray this. God will do exactly what you ask in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father... I come to you in Jesus' name, and I invite you into my life today. I recognize I've lived it my way, and I'm not happy. And so from this day forward, I commit my life to you and your purpose. I believe you died on the cross for me. Your blood covered my sins. All the things wrong I've done are covered and taken care of. So now let me be that new creature in you. Let my life be that which reflects your glory. And help me in the areas where I fall down and I skin my knees. God, pick me back up again. And remind me every day your promises are new every morning. And thank you I spend eternal life with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com On behalf of Pastor Mike, and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time for It's Time.